0: Welcome to the Concora Corner, a podcast dedicated to bringing you interviews with folks working in the AC and BPM industry. I'm one of your hosts, Graham Waldrop, a director of product here at Concora. Today we're talking with Matt Limke, VP of Marketing and Sales for Pryor Products. Matt discusses his background of rising through the ranks of Payless Shoe Source and how that prepared him for his current role. He also discusses Pryor's unique approach to creating commercial and residential plumbing products and how his balanced strategy in working with his employees. Creates a stable and strong environment for his company. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Matt. But before we begin, here's a quick word from our CEO, Kip Rep.
1: I wanted to thank everyone again for listening to our podcast. And if you're interested in knowing more about Concora, we help building product manufacturers get specified and purchase more by providing a great web experience that's bolted onto your website it makes it easy for your architects, engineers, and contractors to do business online with you. Uh, we sum it up as three things. It's providing a good web experience, good content, and good tools. And we have some great tools such as submittals, sustainability, project showcases, or anything else needed by your design community to specify and purchase products. We'd be more than happy to show you a quick demo, and you can go to concord.com, C-O-N, C-O-R-A to learn more, read case studies and see how other customers have grown sales with our partnership. All right. Well, hello, Matt. I uh, do appreciate your time today before the Memorial weekend and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. It's definitely always a good chat talking about leadership and culture and mission and company it's it's certainly defining and similar across companies that care about that and love to get your views on that and how we start uh if you can just introduce yourself and what you do and what your company does
2: yeah well thanks for having me i appreciate it i love doing these types of uh activities or podcasts or such um because i i yeah, I've got some experience, but more importantly, I learned from you guys. So uh, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm with, uh, I had sales, marketing, and customer service for really two companies. One is uh, prior products and that side of the business, uh, manufacturers, um, hydrants, Silcox, uh, plumbing products, anything about 95% of what we manufacture Um you can hook a hose to. Uh, so if you go outside tonight and you look at, you know, the, what you hook your hose up to and it says prior on it, that's us. Uh, we have grown uh, quite a bit in the last few years. And uh, uh, they brought me in a couple of years ago to run sales, marketing, and customer service. I had 30 years of retail uh, before that. So manufacturing was a little different for me Uh, but running sales and marketing is and customer service right up my alley. The other side of our business is called Stern Williams. Uh, We manufacture terrazzo mop sinks and uh, uh, shower uh, stalls um, and drinking fountains that you would find in a park and things like that. So Stern Williams is that side. We just purchased that company um, in January, January 1st. So when we talk in a little bit about culture, it'll be really interesting to talk about how prior an established company uh, with owners ownership that's been in place for 20 some years versus a company that we just purchased that's now going through some of those culture changes. And that's a, uh, a Petri dish in and of itself uh, to learn how to do that and do that well so that you retain all your quality uh, employees.
1: Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I know we didn't really talk about uh, Stern Williams in our prep. Right. And is the goal then to merge the culture and the operations or is there some separation of something?
2: Um, we're operating them separately in almost every aspect other than some leadership and some natural efficiencies like in finance or uh, maybe some sourcing or something like that. But we are operating completely separate marketing teams, separate sales team, and then I head both of those. Um, But where the merge comes in is merging cultures or operating them with the same um, uh, approach to culture and mission.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And as you mentioned, I think I remember that from the prep is the, uh, your vast experience in retail. And I, I thought I remembered that correctly.
2: It's because yep. a lot of what you do is retail at um, prior, right? Yeah, about um, at the end of last year, it was about 60, 40 wholesale the retail. But prior to that, last year was a huge retail. Actually, it might've been a little bit higher than that, 42 or 43% retail. But prior to that was in the thirties with COVID last year, I was talking to somebody last night and they asked what, why the increase in retail. And I said, it was so funny. It it was like somebody flipped a switch on May 1st last year and somebody, you know, they were forced now to stay at home. And somebody said, you know, I've had that leaking faucet for years and now I'm at home, I'm going to take care of it. And that happened, with millions of households last year. And uh, so they went to their Home Depot with the Lowe's, Menards, whatever, and said, where can I get stuff that would fix this or replace it? And um, fortunately we were there and were able to supply uh, for those retailers.
1: Yeah it's actually quite um I never really thought about that the impact to residential but it is across the board yeah that I have talked to lots of people on the residential side and it's just about everything has gone up from the fireplaces the heating to uh, uh painting to the outdoors and as you talked about the faucets on the outside too so it's like uh yeah, I, I can imagine if you're sitting at home for a year, it's like, well, there's nothing else to do. Right. But things have been dripping for, forever Yeah, so, or the spouse has asked me to fix things up now and I can't, I can't
2: hide. <laughs> yeah. I don't have those excuses anymore. I got to go to work or I have this or whatever. You're sitting at home. So uh, yeah. a lot of work got done. Uh, <clears throat> I heard a, a podcast last year on economic forecasts or whatever. And they were talking about stuff that was up and stuff that was down. Uh, companies that sold suitcases were way down (laughs) yeah companies that sold gym equipment in home were way up so nobody was traveling and everybody was staying home and trying to do the best they could around their house
1: yeah and and, you know on the flip side there's been some good commercial companies too now it's it's hit or miss the people i talked to were projects are stalled um if you're maybe a critical part of the construction maybe you you do better others have tempered it well with inventory but you know all those things have made commercial a little more of a a ride i guess based on covid but yeah thanks for sharing the uh the background how you got there and then the two companies and i guess the different operationally but culture the same yeah and um I wanted to dive a little bit about your product, right? Because I was talking to someone else uh, who was on the outdoor in the faucets. And it was really fascinating for me because I didn't know all the lead and bacteria and all of that stuff. And it's hugely important, right? So mm-hmm. I assume that's all the same as far, as far as a kind of a health and sustainability benefit that it, it is a very important part of your
2: uh, building and house. And yep. Absolutely. The, um, uh lead-free, you know, it's probably started on the West Coast, but it spread to quite a few different states. And now uh, a hydrant on your house that's hooked up to a hose doesn't have to be lead-free in most cases because it's not potable water. It's not something you're going to drink out of. Now, We did as kids. When I was a kid, we always drank out of the hose because it was the coldest water there was in the middle of the summer. But that isn't... um, So you don't have to be lead free in most cases, other than there are some municipalities, especially in California and some in Texas um, that require it on just about anything that services water, uh, especially to the outside or that could be uh, consumed. So um, we've had to revamp or or add those things to our line uh, to make sure that we could service that type of customer. Um, it still is a smaller part of our business, but I would see that's going to grow, uh, as, as things go forward, Uh, especially, you know, a couple of years ago with that debacle in Michigan, um, that is still fresh on people's minds. So, uh, uh, we provide it and, uh, and manufacture it here for those that need it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And then is this, uh, the other company you mentioned, the uh, Stern Williams, is that uh, a spec product too? On the
2: yes, it's a, that's all commercial okay. uh, product, all spec. Um, uh, we use a variety of different platforms for that, but uh, uh, all spec product, 99% commercial hours, hardly anybody that in their house is going to put a terrazzo mop basin or a drinking fountain I I actually, there was a house here in Kansas City that has a, it's just a a big backyard with a pool and all kinds of stuff, and they put in two drinking fountains. Um, So it doesn't happen very often, but we do, it's almost all commercial in that case.
1: That's good. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing there. So when you mentioned, uh, obviously you started their new um, area of, of category, right? From yeah. retail to building materials. And then certainly being yourself very strong in culture and leadership uh, is an asset, I would say, right? Obviously, and especially now that you have another company. So could you walk yeah. us through what's important for you? I, I'm sure some of that's important for the peers and the management, but what's your philosophy around
2: growing a successful company and focusing on people? Yeah, I think we'd start probably where our mission statement starts. Uh, we have a very distinct, uh, well-articulated mission statement uh, that's on our prior website and you can find it also on the Stern Williams website. But um, it starts with uh, you know, that, that we're in business uh, to build with a purpose, that our purpose isn't just to be profitable, that, that is in there because we're, a not, we're a, not a not-for-profit company, but it is built around people. That's number one, that you can't do anything here, manufacturing-wise, selling-wise, on either side without people. And uh, therefore, you have to have some type of purpose um, in, in ensuring that your people are taken care of. Because if you don't have them operating really well and through the, our mission statement, which I'm going to get to in a second, um, you just can't do it really efficiently. And, um, and you have, you know, it's like their old rowboat. If oars are going in different direction, your boat goes nowhere or it goes around in a circle. Um, we need everybody to go down the same path in, in unison and together. So. You know, our first bullet in our mission statement talks about to operate under the will of God. Now, God, we, we ask everybody that we interview and we talk about that. God is different to a lot of different people. So in your mind, it might be something. In my mind, it might be something different. And uh, uh, we, I guess at the end of the day, we just believe that there is something bigger than us. That we need to make sure that our, our CEO calls it the chairman of the board, that we got to make sure that what we're doing, the chairman of the board would sign off on, that, that we're doing the right things at the right time for the right reasons. So there, there has to be that old golden rule of treat others uh, the way they you'd want to be treated yourself. So that operate under the will of God is a big deal uh, for us in the sense that. There's a bigger purpose than just manufacturing Silcox and hydrants. So we're not curing cancer here, but we are offering a service that is needed. So uh, uh, we always want to put it in perspective here. And, and sometimes in companies, things get to be blown out of proportion that, oh, my goodness, if they didn't have us, they would go, uh, what would happen? And an uh, old boss of mine, long time ago, I was in the footwear industry, and he goes, we're just selling plastic shoes here. We are not curing cancer. So let's all put it in perspective. Uh, and I thought that was a, a good, uh, you know, something to really follow. And it went to operating under a, a little higher purpose than, than just us.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, uh, you don't hear a lot about, god and mission statements and it's certainly probably less uh common nowadays too i would say and yeah. I, I, I do really like what you're saying there because there, there's a uh, a tie into well what why god right and the things that you mentioned from a altruistic point of view higher purpose uh servant attitude in that case right yeah. where you are helping others and uh, that's awesome because i, I do think uh a lot of uh, I, I mean, I, I look at these guiding principles and mission statements, and there, there's definitely either see leadership things in there, sometimes it's personality things and culture things. Yeah. So it's really cool that you really framed it under one sentence there with, with God. Yeah. So
2: You mentioned something about servant uh, servant leadership or just being a servant of the community or uh, the community inside Pryor or Stern Williams, the community outside of it. And that's our second bullet point: is to help all partners. The partner could be people that we're buying from, the the suppliers to us, the the partners that we're selling to, our representatives in the uh, in the company um, that sell prior for us, um, our customers, our employees. That we help all partners try to be all they can be. So. If we operate under the first one, that that we're operating under the will of God, and then we say, well, what's next? It's to help all our partners be all they can be. Um, And that's, you know, you could probably stop right there in our mission statement. We have about five or six others, but, uh, you know, those are probably uh, the essence of what we do is understand that there's a higher purpose. Uh, something that we gotta make sure that we can sit back and say, I did the right thing for the right reasons uh, because I'm grounded in my values. And that means that I can serve others and serve my in turn will get rewarded for that. So uh, I, when I came on board two years ago, that was a big deal in our interview process. And it's been a big deal in my interview process of other people to Ensure that we're hiring people that fit our culture. Now, there are people that don't, and they're great people, but they just maybe don't fit our culture, and that's okay. You don't have to force yourself to change who you are to be at prior. So, uh, I've turned away some really good people that maybe just don't fit, aren't going to fit our culture, and that's okay. Um, so, we've said that. It's okay not to be uh, to fit in the culture. They're still valuable people. We just want to make sure that our culture is sustained, sustained for a long period of time.
1: Yeah, I know. And I forgot what book I read. Uh, Built the Last or yep. Good to Great. I mean, they yep. talk about the five uh, leadership and the one, absolutely, if you want a lasting company generational it is the top thing that I remember and I, I, I forget a lot more than I remember but it, it's about the
2: servant uh leadership style right so we we have it I was just I turned over here because I have a review on my desk and that those five traits of uh, uh our tiers of leadership yeah. is not level five is executive which is builds enduring greatness through a paradoxical blend of personal humility and professional will so it's taken right from that and it's in our review and we talk about that every time we have a review
1: yeah it's so cool and then I think for um even in I would say today well I wasn't born like 100 years ago but I'll just say (laughs) today's culture right it's it's uh not common sense uh and I think a lot of that is uh personality driven in dna you know some people are just really get a lot of great things done but they they're a little more introspective right yes. in that sense which is great i mean that that's a good style if you're a salesperson or if you have your own business and or if there's a similar culture for that but i think as you mentioned the theory is if you want a generational company then at least that book is telling you this is the behaviors that we've seen across all these other companies yeah. right so yeah. Um, that, that's awesome, and it, was that something? Then uh, you alluded to it. You, you, you certainly was attracted to that company based on the mission, and I assume that matches your style, right? Yeah. And then the, the executive
2: team matches their style, right? Right. Well, I think the you know I I said this the other day that it's funny how and I, I'm not the most outwardly religious person. I certainly have for certain values and beliefs. Um, but I believe God put me in a place for a reason. And uh, I had lost my job with Payless. Pay- Payless Shoes was where I worked. And um, they went bankrupt for the second time in a couple of years. And it was probably a sign that I should probably leave. Plus, they closed the door. So I didn't have another paycheck. He <laughs>
1: couldn't get back in. <laughs> uh-
2: <laughs> and uh, the president of Pryor was in a, uh, a round table with a, CEO of a company that my wife works at and uh, was talking about his need because of the growth, the need for a leader uh, of sales and marketing. The guy was like, I got the perfect guy for you. So I believe those things put together um, were for a reason. And uh, it, it has been a uh, not, not without its challenges um, because this is an industry I knew nothing about. I, you know, I had a prior hydrant, three of them on my house and had no clue who was, (laughs) who made them. I, I, I had them on my house. So, uh, and I'm not the most handy guy either. So I do, I guess my, the thing I do well is I, I am, I serve humbly and I, I believe that the only thing, the reason why we are growing and doing what we're doing is is because of the great team that we have uh, that, yeah. that knows how to do their job and do it really well.
1: So, well, that's awesome. And I, one thing I, I wanted to dive a little deeper into because it, it sounds like with that background, the company culture, the hiring process, a good kind of homogenous uh, of, of similarities of, of uh, great uh, things that you mentioned from the humility and the servant and then the uh, uh, being a leader in general now how do you uh, once you have a team how do you then manage that because we're not working at a church right so right. how do you then manage that with um meritocracy and performance and you know I, I certainly will you know if you have any examples of how it's worked for you because sales and marketing right they're both disciplines that can be measured well right? Yeah. Um, and there, there's certainly a relational people side. I always think of it people, 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 right? A lot of people processing product, right? And, and, and measuring all that, right? So yeah. could you walk us through a little bit about how you actually
2: execute in, yeah. accountability on that? I think a I, um, couple things that are little, little tiny things, but I think they're important. I keep my, my office is right near my team. And I have a big wooden door that it, when closed, it's hard to hear me when you're out there or I can't hear them. I keep my door open 95% of the time. It's closed now so that they don't <laughs> hear me saying all this. But uh, anyway, I hear almost everything they say. So to me, uh, my approach is not we can teach what people do, you know, processes and what to say and all that, but it's the how we do it uh, is the nuance. It's a science and the art of how we, how we do things. So I'll give you an example is with my door open, I heard how we were talking actually to another employee. This was um, an employee to employee, and it just was not right. Though the words that were being used, how we were saying them, now, if you'd put it in a transcript, you'd say, what was wrong with that? But all, you know, nine, what is it? 85, 90% of communication is, uh, nonverbal, you know, the, uh, body posture, the, uh, inflection and so on and so forth. So the words weren't necessarily wrong, but how we were saying it. So what I end up doing is I listen, try to, um, understand, am I hearing something different or am I interpreting it? Different? Anyway, I brought the person in. I said, I started reading the mission statement. Let me, let me walk through what we're all about. I know, you know this. So here's how, what I heard, tell me how, how I'm wrong or different, or I maybe, maybe I misinterpreted. So we walked through, I, I just went bullet by bullet through the mission statement. And it was very evident. So I, you know, at the end of the conversation, I said, here's the thing. We're either in on the mission statement or out. There's not a gray area here. So the, what I heard and how I heard it, and now that we've had the conversation, you're not in. So you have a choice. You have a choice to either say I'm in or out. And if you're out, no bad actors here. It's okay. Um, there are plenty of other companies that would take a person that is a pretty good performer, but it isn't the what all the time. It's the how we do things, and and that's really important. Um, and how I operate here is if if we do the hows right, the what we can we can tweak and change and whatever. Uh, uh, but but how we do things is really important, and I think it's a really big. Uh, reason for the success of the company.
1: Yeah. Now that's a great uh, story. So what you're talking about is that there's a a very strong emphasis on how you uh, collaborate and communicate with others, right? Mm -hmm. It's from a, you know, assumingly from the mission statement of a respectful, uh, outward in type of empathetic way of communicating, right? So Um, and being able to have those since you're in the room already right you're not a thousand miles away exactly you have a kind of pulse a natural pulse it sounds like to be able to hear things every once in a while and then it's it also sounded like there's an immediate type of uh, um, conversation so it's not a year later Right. right
2: that's such a good point about um First of all, praising publicly and coaching privately, but immediately when you see something um, so that it's fresh in everybody's mind. And certainly in this situation, I might have misinterpreted. So having two ears and one mouth is really important um, because that listening part of tell me your side, because I want to hear that. I want to hear the explanation. But understand, uh, I'm going to come back to the mission statement. It's got to be in line with the mission statement. So,
1: yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, a lot of empathy is just listening, right? Yes. <laughs> right. Listen and hold your breath. And yes. Laugh.
2: I had an old boss that uh, we had a Monday morning meeting. He's very, first of all, really successful guy. Had grown, uh, moved up company ladders and And he was brought in in an organization I had already run, but they wanted somebody with more experience. It's fine. Wasn't happy about it, but that's okay. I didn't quit. And um, I remember his Monday morning meeting. He said, this is your chance to impress upon me how you are doing your business. And uh, uh, it's your chance to shine. And uh, it struck me in the wrong way because it was all about him and how I was going to present to him. It wasn't about collaborative effort about running the business or moving it forward. It was about uh, serving the king, if you will. And uh, that guy wasn't there that long. so. <laughs> but he's, he moved on to another organization. He's he's been successful. It's just different ways to operate.
1: Yeah, they like kings, I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's right. You know, he's a very strong personality, and he's got great ideas. And I have learned things uh, from him. What I what I did tell people is I probably learned more about how not to (laughs) than how to. But how not to is really important, also.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I I I tend to learn through just modeling and seeing others. Yeah. And so if it's good behavior, or bad behavior, right. And, and that that's, that's cool. So, um, well, that's great. I, I, I do appreciate the uh, kind of cultural and and the relational side of, of what you're talking through. And maybe if we can hit a little bit on the performance side, because uh, like, I get that, that it's very important, the, the culture and the personality and the collaboration. And then when we look at the balance of uh, having competent people, right? That are accountable and responsible. So could you walk us through a little bit of part of of your philosophy
2: there of how you make sure that's consistent and and healthy? Yeah, I think um, I've always operated all of your really, really, really hard work when you have a team comes on the front side. If you train them really, really well, especially from day one, you have a new, new employee. And if you do that really well, there's four four steps of training, preparation, observation, practice, and certification. And if you do each of those really well, then your job becomes much easier. So now they have the what. You hopefully hired them for the how, that they naturally have that how, how I'm going to um, deal with a customer or how I'm going to uh, execute my marketing plan or something like that. But if you do the what's, up front, really well, then you can come back to, hey, remember when we sat down and we said we were going to uh, order, um, enter orders every day and, and how we did that or what we did in that process? And they are go, yeah, I know you trained me on that or somebody trained me on that. Okay, so now let's get back to that. So it, it com- becomes easier to coach if you've done those really good training on the front side from day one. Um, And most times I felt like performance either comes from either we didn't do a good job of training, which is probably most of the problem, or they've refused due to it later. The people that refuse to do it later, that's easy. You get rid of those people. Uh, They're not, they're choosing not to. The people that you haven't done the training right well that's kind of easy too well let's go back and train and hopefully they accept that training again uh and move forward so those people that aren't performing right it becomes a a reminder more than a corrective action a stick or something like that uh if you do things right on the front side and i i have four kids and, you know, you train them to do the chores around the house. And uh, recently I have um, garden beds and I don't, I hate weeding. I have a boy that isn't real keen on going to get a job, but I'll pay somebody to weed my yard, uh, those beds. And I said to Luke, I said, go out and weed those beds, get all the weeds out of there. And he came back in a half an hour I'm done. And it takes hours to do that. <laughs> And uh, I went out there and I said, I see a lot of weeds. And he goes, well, I wasn't sure was, what was a weed and what was grass. I didn't, it wasn't his fault. It's my fault because I didn't go through, this is a weed, this is where I want you to weed, this is how you do it, this is when you should do it, here's the time frame. here's the expectation, all the way through and then watch him do it and then say, Luke, you're good. You got it down. Now I expect this is the job that you want. I didn't do those things. It wasn't his fault that he was failing at the my expectation. It was my fault. And most times when we have a performance failure, it's one of two things. And most of the time we didn't do a good job of training. It's usually us. The other part of I refuse to, or I don't have the aptitude for it, or something like that. Those aren't you uh, usual uh, if they choose not to like I said those are easy to correct
1: mm-hmm. yeah no that that reminds me of uh I guess as you join a team right like I, I haven't played sports I can only guess right yeah here's my guess you join a team and they they got to train you really well up front to be part of the team and that there's some rigor there right there's there's some that are a little more directional right like a process and that and and then once they embrace that i mean there maybe there's some trust at the beginning of why am i doing this and yeah. then they do it and oh i'm getting results and right this, I'm, I'm happy right so i i, I kind of akin that to what you're saying and i i guess another piece to that though is i can see like a another reason is like if maybe they're competent they they have the how you show them the what and then i think there's an underlying passion too so how do you know that they're passionate, right? They, because if you're not passionate about it, maybe they lose their passion. Maybe they weren't passionate. And hard, hard. Maybe it's easy to see that in, in a, an interview, right? But any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, those, those are a little bit more difficult because you hear about burnout of, in a, an organization. So yeah. as a leader, you really need to make sure that you're, you've identified uh, what those passions are or what makes a person tick. Um, so that you can uh, make sure that you accentuate that. I was going to say take advantage of that, but that's (laughs) not really the way. We just want to make sure we accentuate. I have a guy out here that um, he's been with Prior for 14 years. He certainly knows way more about the business than I do. But um, he is, uh, so his tick is let him go. Keep them within the, you know, out between the ditches, but let him go. He can go uh, operate his own region on his own. And it's more of, you know, checking in and keeping guiding him. Now, there's another person out here that's newer, and but they have a real flair with people and customers. Now, we have a whole different thing there. We've got to teach a little bit different and over time, make sure that they get their own, uh, 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 their passions come out. So, so are you saying the
1: training is different or the actual playbook they're in is different based I think on the, their
2: passion, the playbook? I was, you know, NFL camps just, and I'm a big NFL fan. I'm a Viking mm-hmm. fan. You can see it in the back. Um, You know, NFL camps just went into place and a lot of rookies came in, you know, they don't know the playbook or anything, but each of them were drafted because they had a certain flair. They had a certain skill that the team and the company needed, but they certainly need to train them in what their footwork is. Some of the basics, you know, blocking, tackling, just the simple little things that we do uh, as a team that to be successful. But then bring your flair, because that's why we brought you here. We want to want you to bring your own personality to it. We don't want robots out there. Um, so you you have to do that training right up front and then let them be who they are. They can't be who I want them to be. They have to have their own personality to it.
1: Yeah, it goes to something else that I remember about um, some other book. You know, I, I don't like to read. I like to listen. Right. I don't know exactly what YouTube uh, session that was or audio (laughs) book, but, uh, you know, fitting the
2: uh, role to the person's strengths. Right. Right. right?
1: The flair that you just mentioned. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, Justin Jefferson, great wide receiver for the Vikings, cannot play offensive tackle. He just doesn't have that skill, body frame and all that there's somebody else, but then Christian Derr saw who was just uh, uh, drafted by the Vikings. There is zero chance. He's going to play wide receiver, but they're both really valuable to the team. You know, they do different things, bring different skills, e- even two wide receivers. They bring different things to the team. One has speed, one has route running, whatever those are. We have to, and that's what part of my job, I have to identify what those are in each of our people, that, that what is that special thing they bring to the team and then make sure that they are able to go do that.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And then as we talked about the culture, mission, hiring, training, and the basic clocking and tackling and on the, the what, and then they can flourish on the how with their differentiation. Yep. So how do you then look at, accountability and performance to know that it's all actually making a result.
2: Yeah, I I think the biggest thing with accountability is to make sure that we have clear expectations on the front side because a a moving goalpost, as we know, uh, from COVID doesn't work really well. You know, one day it's this and the next day is that. Now, COVID was a little bit different because we were unsure of what everything was. But here in the business world, we have clear expectations, goals, and sets for each uh, job role. So here's my experience. So if you have clear expectations on the front side, much easier to do the coaching and the corrective performance uh, on the back side. Oh, you were, we ask you to do 80 activities in a month. You know, it's a number. Oh, you did, you did 60. Oh, that's pretty good. Or 75. That's, that's good enough. Now, did you get revenue from that? Now, if you had a ton of revenue and you did 30 activities, I'm okay with that. If you did no, no revenue and you did 100 activities, now, now how are we doing this? What are we doing that is or is not getting the revenue? If we're doing 30 activities and getting tons of revenue, I want to know that. Let's replicate that. Because I'd rather do, I told this when I used to run a, a Payless uh, store, we can go home every day early. Every day if you sell everything in the store, <laughs> you know, everything in the store, it's all up for sale. As soon as you sell everything, you can go home early. <laughs> you know, so same with out, out here in the on the sales side. If you do a lot less activities, but your revenue is way up, great. I want to know how that is and see what the best practice is so that we can give that to everybody uh, and, and teach that to other people too. So I think it's about clear expectations on the front side.
1: That's great. Yeah. So it sounds like clear expectations. There's some goal. It's not a like a, a whipping post, I guess, in that sense. Right. But it's it's a way to know if you're doing well or not doing well, and 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 it provides. It sounds like in your coaching sessions, in that case, uh, where you're listening, right, and you're. No looking for, hey, maybe we can double down on this or let's unpeel the onion. Maybe there are things we can tweak. Now, I how do you, because um, I believe in personal, you know, self-awareness on those things where, where someone to own something, they they, they need to have the, the ability to uh, create, right, in, in that. So could you walk us through that? Like if someone's not performing or if they have a new idea or they think through it and you're like, if you're telling me what to do, then it's less about me being accountable with the results,
2: right? I mean, there's a balance there, right? So do you have yeah, any absolutely. thoughts on that? Completely agree. Um, so we Fridays are my touch bases with everyone that reports to me on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and our that is their time to tell me what they need from me, obstacles that are uh, need to be removed or, or things like that. When they come to me, uh, so that's part of my job is to remove those obstacles. It's my time to listen. Now, when we have a, uh, I don't know, an issue with a customer or uh, something that uh, you know, one of the salespeople brings to me or maybe customer service, usually, not always, I try to do this 90% of the time. I try to ask them, so what do you think we should do? And they usually have the right answer. They're closer to the situation. They have a lot more information than I do. They, and most of my people have more uh, experience than I do as well. So they'll say, well, I think, I think we could do A, B, or C. And we would walk through those and say, well, if we did A, what would happen there? If we did B, what would that be? And you, it's a collaborative effort. At the end of the day, it becomes our decision. And sometimes they do come and say, just tell me what to do. I don't want to go through the exercises. painful. Just tell me. And uh, I've had that before. I said, that's fine. I can tell you what to do, but um, then I'm not teaching anything. So the next time if we ask, if I ask, what do you think we should do? And they come up with good answers. Most of them are, vast majority of them are, then they've learned something. And next time they either, hey, I'm just checking in. I have that same situation. Here's what I'm going to do. Great. Sounds good. Um, And they become it becomes a uh empowerment and that that's a that's a big deal for a manager or a, a supervisor of people because you can't do all their jobs and make all decisions you need to have them l- teaching or learning how to uh, uh, make those decisions on their own within the framework of what you've put together here It can't go rogue so <laughs> I do. That's what, that's the other thing is I want them to come check with me. It's uh, yeah, it's like that. I'm I'm a football fan, college football. They do that. Check with me. You know, they all get up to the line and then you see them all turn to the sideline to the coach and the coach sometimes says, yeah, just run it. Uh, Okay, good. We'll just do that then. And uh, other times he goes, nope, we need to course correct. Here's what we're going to do. So it becomes a just check with me, because usually if we've done the right things on the front side, things go a lot easier on the back side.
1: Well, that's awesome, and I would say certainly very impressive, Matt. And I know Thank we're you. running out a little bit of time here, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really applaud what what you're doing there, and and it, it's it's rare, I think, because when I started working many years ago, uh, no one teaches these things, right? And they're like. Is, is work
2: this bad? <laughs> that, um, that's, you know, it, you're absolutely right that, you know, maybe years ago or, and, and sometimes now there aren't always great leaders, but we can teach, you know, we can teach upward too. Um, and I, to me, I guess it comes from some of our values and that we hold uh, that are teachable upwards as well as across and downward. So um, I think if I was in that situation like this, uh, this guy that I had before, um, some are teachable, some are not. And uh, sometimes if you wait it out, they, they weed themselves out.
1: So. Yeah, I just uh, really appreciate your, your time because it's You're just, uh, I always think about it of, uh, well, how, how can we make it easier, right? Because, uh, you know, some people like to read and there's all different kinds of companies and you get out of school and they don't really teach in high school and college. These things my yeah. opinion, right? I, I mean, I haven't been there in a while, but <laughs> I would say <laughs> probably not. Right. And then, right. and then you're expected, it's, it's kind of uh, interesting in a way because to be successful and happy at life and happy at home, your, your, your work um, environment, is hugely important because you're there yeah. most of your life and there is a playbook for these things. Right. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's it's not like a perfect playbook, but there, there are common grounds, which I, I completely agree with you as, as a dream. I don't even think it's as a generational company. It's as if you want to feel appreciated at work, be happy at work, be passionate at work, then everything that you're saying also, I think, applies, right?
2: I think so. And I, I really applaud Kip, your, your group putting these together because you're absolutely right. I'm not a reader. I drive quite a bit, I drive an hour and 20 minutes one way to work every day. So I'm listening to podcasts and things like that. Um, so I think these are perfect for a lot of people that you know, just fall asleep when they open a book. So uh, I think this is a great thing. So I applaud you for putting this together and, and thank you for having me on board. And I hope whoever listens to it, um, I hope I was able to give some nugget of something you can use.
1: Well, it's really, really valuable, I, I must say. So I, I appreciate your, your stories from how you started, your philosophy, the mission, how that's affected in the hiring and the collaboration, the leadership, the accountability, the training. So um, if people needed to reach out to uh,
2: your company, Matt, how could they do that? Well, they can go to prior.com, uh and you can use the contact us. There's a form there and all that. I'm on LinkedIn, so it's Matt. Two T's, L-E-M-K-E, uh, and at prior, P-R-I-E-R. So uh, if you want to send me an email, do that, mlemke at com. So uh, open to anything if anybody has a question or if they want to give me some wisdom. <laughs> I got two ears. Not, so. <laughs> well, thanks again, Matt. I appreciate Thank your you. time and looking forward to chatting with you again. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kip. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, folks, that wraps us up for today's show. So you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud by searching for The Concora Corner. And if you'd like to, we'd love a rating and a short review if you listen on Apple. Any feedback is appreciated on any of our shows that are coming out and or just the show in general, or if you just want to say hello. Uh, you can find out more about Concora and our services at www.concora.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash LLC. We are on Twitter at concora. And you can find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash Concora. Thank you for listening and have a great day.